Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Ajanoclast. I'm your host, John A. Lancaster. For today's episode, I'm going to be assessing some comments made by ex-Malaysian Prime Minister Mahathir Mohamed regarding the beheading of a French teacher for offending a Muslim student. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this situation, here's the background. In the French town of Conflans saint Honorine, I believe that's how it's pronounced, a teacher gave a lecture on free speech, which included a caricature of the Prophet Muhammad. A Muslim student, disgruntled by the caricature, responded by later decapitating the offended teacher. The aggressing student was soon after shot dead by the French police. Now enters ex-Malaysian, uh, ex-Malaysia, Prime Minister Mahathir Mohamed. Mahathir Mohamed responded to this situation on Twitter with a series of, oh, about 12 or 13 tweets, give or take a few. Some of them may have been deleted by either Twitter or the poster himself. Anyhow, he made two particular statements concerning freedom and rights that were particularly disturbing. He states, quote, While I believe in the freedom of expression, I do not think it includes insulting other people. You cannot go up to a man and curse him simply because you believe in free speech. Unquote. Also, quote, Muslims have a right to be angry and kill millions of French people for the massacres of the past. Unquote. Now, first things first, I'm not a theologian, nor am I a foreign relations expert, uh, international cultural specialist, or anything of the like. So I won't be mentioning anything about the Muslim people uh, on this episode, nor uh, will I be mentioning the uh, religion of Islam, nor will I go into depth about the massacres the prime, or should I say ex-prime minister mentions, because I believe they're wholly irrelevant in regards to the principles at hand. Furthermore, my views are from a more Austro-Libertarian perspective, and so I'll be assessing the statements from that angle. Now, when looking into ex-Prime Minister Mohammed's tweets, I notice a recurring theme, and that is a mangled presentation of rights. He speaks of freedom of expression as if its uh, conditions are dependent on the subjective valuation of others. He also mentions the Muslims' supposed right to French blood as if entitlements can be posthumously transferred through moral sentiments. When one actually looks into what constitutes a right, it becomes obvious that Mohammed's statements have no foundation based on rights. 
Now, I've given my definition of rights plenty of times before. Those of you who are familiar with my work may have the sense that I'm beating a dead horse, so to speak. But obviously my interpretation hasn't spread like wildfire, so I'm going to keep plugging it until it does. Anyway, I construct the meaning of rights as privileges inherent to individual existence. That is, rights are the benefits we receive from being able to control our own bodies. For example, humans have a right to opinions, since an opinion is comprised of thoughts and feelings generated by one's own mind. Expression and speech are also rights, because they originate within the individual's personal vessel, i.e. the body. Since these abilities are intrinsic to human existence and controlled solely by the individual, it is impossible for them to be directed in a telekinetic manner. What humans can do is control the circumstances surrounding an individual, forcing said individual to make a choice they wouldn't have otherwise made. But this does not qualify as controlling another's bodily function. Therefore, the use of one's personal vessel is strictly one's own privilege and no one else's. When extended into the realm of human contact, rights must be expressed through voluntary exchange. Any exchange that is not the product of consistent, it's not the product of consent, excuse me, necessarily entails an entity seizing use of faculties outside of the entity's personal vessel, which they have no right to do so, because that would you know, constitute theft if they did. If two individuals exchange goods that each has obtained in the absence of theft, then they are participating in an action that is purely the result of each participant using their personal vessel in a way that generates a mutually fit outcome. A person who uses their body to steal would not be engaging in a rightful act, although the thief would be controlling his own body, thus using the bodily function he is privileged to control. He does not have a right to anyone else's belongings, since they are not a function of the thief's own body. The thief perhaps could uh, be able to spy, wander, and sneak, since those actions involve the use of his own body. But when he comes, when it comes to taking possession of entities outside himself, he has entered a realm where his rights are only extended by others using their rights. So keeping this conception of rights in mind, the red flags in the ex-prime minister's tweets become apparent. So long as one is the sole entity able to control their own bodies and the products that originate from them, Individuals have a right to express themselves however they like, provided that the expression is not an act of theft. Likewise, onlookers and listeners 
have a right to be offended at any expression that runs afoul of their sensibilities, so long as the reaction to the offense does not take the form of theft. Insulting someone is not, by any stretch, a form of theft. One gets insulted when they make a judgment. The operative word is make, i.e. created, with their own body, a valuation of another act. Nothing was exchanged. One entity acted while the other assessed the act and deemed it to have a negative connotation based on the knowledge and thought patterns that are patently the onlookers. If any peace of mind was lost, it was not stolen, but forfeited due to the onlooker's own personal temperament, which is no one's responsibility except the onlookers. The second statement about the French concerns groups, and that's really simple to dissect. When dealing with groups, one is dealing with a collection of individuals. When speaking of the rights of groups, those rights comprise of nothing more than the rights of any given member of society. And uh, unfortunately for the ex-prime uh, minister, compensating the murder of one group of people with the blood of another group who had nothing to do with the murder is not a right under any circumstance. So long as individuals are entitled to their own bodies, they are inherently permitted to defend their bodies against attacks. Attacks against a non-aggressing individual's body can be thought of as theft of health from someone else's body. If an individual initiates force against another individual outside of self-defense and without voluntary consent, that person has committed an act of theft. Whatever a relative, past or present, may have done or suffered is completely irrelevant regarding what actions have transpired between the two individuals in question. Individuals can only control their own actions. It is absolutely nonsensical to attribute the guilt of one person on another, and it is no less nonsensical when the same thing is done on a group level. And if this bastardized rendition of rights isn't addressed with well-thought-out and level-headed critique, it will only be a matter of time before mankind is walk back to barbarism. That's it for this episode of the Ijonoclast. The relevant links are in the description. If you enjoyed the Ijonoclast, you can help out by leaving a like, sharing on social media, subscribing to the Ijonoclast, and spreading the word. For more of my work, you can check out the links page on my website, johnalancaster.com, where I direct to my essays, curated video, and spoken word poetry. Thank you for listening. God bless.